0: Diamonds are forever, forever, forever. I don't know the rest of the words. Welcome
1: to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie, and I'm joined with the singing...
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm Liam. Uh, for, For those that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners, each episode, we take a topic that we don't know, well, we hardly know anything about, and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that we do the hard work and then we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, our listeners.
1: Yeah, that is right. But to everybody knows, we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Exactly. So... You might
0: have already guessed what this week's topic is, and it isn't James Bond, and it isn't Shirley Bassey. I mean, is it Shirley Bassey? I don't know who sings that song. But let's get on with this week's topic, which is Diamonds. Do we reckon that intro was better than our fake ChatGPT one last week?
1: Well, it felt a little bit more comfortable this week, rather than using last week's one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so welcome back, everybody. To another episode of Two Guys One Topic. This is this week's episode, all about diamonds. We're gonna start like we always start, which is what did we know before we started? And I guess you know some of our listeners probably thinking the same thing. Ollie, what did you know about diamonds uh before this week?
1: Yeah, a bit of a, a sparkly rock that normally on the end of a ring or something on someone's finger. That's the thing. I know I've had to buy one before. Um we when... did
0: have to, because that's the rules.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll come on to that a little bit interestingly. So, yeah, I've, I have bought one before. I I knew there was something around, you know, some are more expensive than others, and there are something that can be a good one or a bad one, depending on a couple of different reasons, but I, I couldn't have rattled off telling you what the, the most important things are about diamonds before this week. But how about you then?
0: Well, I've just loaded up what I messaged you earlier in the week. You messaged saying, right, we're doing diamonds, What do you know about diamonds so far? I went easy and I've written cut clarity carrots. Now, first of all, there's more than just cut clarity and carrot. It turns out there's not three C's. It's actually four. Secondly, I wrote carrots as in carrots, like the fruit, the vegetable carrots. (laughs) (laughs) So it turns out I was wrong on quite a lot of fronts. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. I do I know about diamonds. They come out of the ground. Um, I do know they're real strong though. I've done a lot of building work in the past and quite often I'll have to buy like, you you buy like a diamond tipped drill uh, bit. Yeah, that's a good point. And I always thought like, I can't be real diamond, can it? Like, is that, a, you know, should, should I take the tip off this drill bit and then like put it on a ring? Is that going to work? <laughs> um, yeah, I know that super, you get diamond tipped um, like saw blades as well. You know, if you're cutting yeah. through like concrete, a, a, a saw will cut through it if it's got a diamond tip. So I know they're very strong, but. I don't know. Yeah. So a little bit, I guess, but
1: yeah, not, not too bad. Yeah. Let's see how many, how many carrots we get into this week then talking about that. So should we actually say then, so so a diamond. So it's, it's definition is that it's a mineral compound of pure carbon and it's the hardest naturally occurring substance known. And as we've already said, it's a super or the most popular gemstone that's out there
0: yeah um interestingly graphite you know the stuff that's at the end of your pencil is it graphite or graphene that is also carbon but it's to do with the way that the, the let's go into a science lesson here it's to do with the way that the uh, carbon is bonded and the way they are formed um so a diamond all of the carbon is formed into like a 3d shape which makes it super strong whereas yeah. graphite it's it's like a like a, a flat shape if you imagine taking loads of lego blocks and put them all in a big long line together they'll just break apart really easy yes if you build put them together in like a cube a sort of a cube position they're really strong and it's really hard to break them apart that's uh what a diamond is you know all those bits of carbon all those carbon molecules are bonded in such a way they they're very very difficult to break apart
1: yeah yeah that's right and just saying about it being made of carbon carbon it's made like purely of carbon it's like pure carbon that, that is in there Yep. and it is it's super super tough as we've already said and we've said it's got some in industrial uses um i quite liked it this week there was a, a little fact to throw in there the only thing that can scratch a diamond is a diamond itself
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they used to not so much now but to cut diamond they would have to use diamond because nothing yeah. else would cut it because it's so strong. Yeah, yeah, I read that. You know, it's saying how strong it is. It's also really hard, isn't it? Super hard. Like the hardest thing. And did you know that there's a scale
1: of ranking of
0: hardness?
1: Yeah, this was a new one to me. I'd, I've never come across this Mons? Mose? Scale of hardness before?
0: I don't know how you say it. M-O-H-S. Mose? Yeah. Mose. The Mose hardness scale. Uh, yeah, diamond is number one. And do you know what the softest thing
1: is in the world? Ah, um, Well, yeah, I, I do now.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of people are going to say like a baby's bum, aren't they? And that is not too far away from what actually <laughs> is the softest thing in the world. It is talc. Yeah, it's Which talc. I think must be what they make talcum powder out of. That is super <laughs> soft though, isn't it? Yeah.
1: On this, on this um, hardness scale that they've got, they've got 10 things, haven't they? So the least hard is talc going all the way up to diamond but it's not a yeah. linear scale so going from from one to nine you then you're, you're going up this scale if you imagine you know going from bottom left to top right on a graph but then all of a yeah. sudden when you go from number nine up to diamond as number 10 it like shoots up massively it's yeah it curves up doesn't it so it's it's not a straight line it's a curve up yeah
0: um, yeah and diamond, so diamond, so number nine on the scale is something called corundum, but diamond is number ten, and it's a thing it's fifty three times harder than the the one before it,
1: yeah so, incredible, incredible, and they it yeah. was figured out a long, long time ago that diamonds are super hard and super tough, and I think that probably leads us into nicely about the etymology of it and yeah, how this came about? We've not had etymology for for a couple of weeks. It feels like etymology, Liam's been redundant. No, but I know you
0: know this, so you you can do this one because you texted me earlier in the week.
1: No. So the etymology of diamond comes from where? So it comes from the Greek word of adamas, which yeah. means invincible or indestructible or unbreakable. So they they'd obviously realise yeah. that that's what it was meant. But I then started looking into a little bit more. So you had the Greek word "adamas." In medieval time, it then turned into diamas. And then in old French, they then spelt it with a T at the end, to diamant. And then in English, we got rid of the "the", the T and then turned it into a D. So then end up with the word nice. diamond. nice, nice. Nice. I think
0: that in... Mar- I another. Let's get some Marvel people to tell me I'm wrong again. But I think Wolverine is made of adamantium. And I think that comes off the same word, the, a- the adamant part of, of the word. I think they've used that to make adamantium. And I think that's why Wolverine is indestructible.
1: Ah, okay. So we might, might hear... We'll give you an update next week if... Uh...
0: Yeah, uh, I get moaned at again because I'm wrong. So... Uh... <laughs> But I think, I think it's Wolverine and I think it's Adamantium. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I might be wrong. So where do diamonds, not where they come from, like how are they formed? It's actually quite simple, isn't it? It's, it's pretty straightforward. Because they're only made of carbon, it's only carbon that you need to make them. So, that, so not a lot actually happens, does it?
1: No, no, it doesn't. It's, this was new to me as well, but I think it makes sense once you think about it, that the way diamonds are formed is that they are, there's a load of extreme heat and pressure squeezed together about a hundred miles under the earth. Yeah. Uh And they're pressed together so hard, this carbon and it then results in the carbon atoms, as you were saying together, being formed in such a tight interlocking way, like you were saying, a, a, um, a Lego brick cube together. um. And it just ends up pressing together all this carbon and coming out as a crystallized structure. But it's it's then about they've been formed a hundred miles under the earth. It's about them then trying to get to the surface because that's a pretty long way away, isn't it? Yeah, and they, they come up through mainly
0: like two ways through like a volcanic through an eruption. So the the magma which is underground, you know, we've done about volcanoes. They will erupt and it will it will bring the diamonds from hundred miles deep up. Or another way is through the tectonic plates, which we also talked about when we learned about the Mariana Trench. When they collide into each other, one ducks under the other one and it pushes up and it creates like mountains and volcanoes. And that will sometimes bring diamonds up to the surface um, or at least closer to the surface to a point where we can mine them. Because yeah they're still hundreds of meters underground quite often and they still require mining. They did for, for a time, they used to do it using like, you know, you could pan for gold. Like there were places where you could pan for diamonds.
1: That'd be amazing, um, wouldn't it? If you stumbled across that. But if we're saying that they're formed this way and it's volcanic activity that brings them to the top and it's a hundred miles underground. So diamonds, they're nearly as old as the earth and they take millions yeah, yeah. of years to form right in you know the the depths of the earth that we're talking about and so there aren't loads of diamonds that then survive the trip coming up from the depths of the of the earth up to the crust um just some interesting things as well about them that no two diamonds are the same and they carry their own unique properties and they can have slightly mm. different like looks if you look at them like under a microscope and they've got different colors as well different possibilities so depending how they've been crushed and formed together with whatever other substance might have been around them, they could have um, a slight tinge of a colour to them.
0: They can also be formed by asteroids.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: And they have been formed by asteroids. There's a couple of craters, uh, the most popular ones. There's one called the Popigai Crater in Siberia. And there's one called, quite uh, they name this nicely, called Meteor Crater in Arizona. And what happens is when the asteroid hits the Earth... Because it hits the Earth with so much pressure and it's so hot, if it crashes into an area that has got a lot of carbon in the ground, okay, you know, at that moment it will create like tiny diamonds. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's cool. Pretty nuts. So,
1: well,
0: that's yeah,
1: it's cool. really good. So we've got a couple of places where you've named them there, but there are there are places. Around the earth where you're more likely to find them, aren't you? I read there's only about 30 active diamond mines in the
0: yeah. world. Somewhere yeah. they there were there's about 50, but about 20 of them are very likely, um, I don't know the word, inert, uh, whatever, extinct. They've stopped basically they they're not they're dried up. Whatever, you know, it's not it's not commercially viable to dig for diamonds anymore because there's yeah. not enough in there. So you're only left with about 30 mines in the whole world, but They're split into two sort of categories. You've got quite up north in the world, Russia and Canada have got quite a lot of diamonds. And then if you go south, Australia and Brazil both have diamond mines. And then lots of, uh, there's quite a few countries in, in Southern Africa. So talking like Tanzania, Botswana, namibia angola zimbabwe A few of those there's maybe like eight or eight or so countries around the south of africa that have some
1: yeah and it was india was the original source wasn't it so there's some some writing going back to about um was it 400 bc uh-huh. where 400 bc that diamonds were, were mined or found in india which is pretty cool so obviously some which has gone back a long long time where people started to figure this out and start to be attracted to them. And like you were
0: saying, like the Greeks realized their um their, their properties, didn't they? The Greeks thought that they were diamond that the diamonds were tears from gods. Yeah. Imagine if I'd never never seen them. Romans thought they were shards from the stars. <laughs> yeah. Like that's quite cool, they, isn't
1: it?
0: People used to wear them, didn't they? like it was like a sign of like well like it is now like wealth. Uh, you know.
1: But going back to sort of like ancient cultures, they believed that diamonds, because they are unbreakable, that they would then give the wearer strength and courage in battle uh-huh. as well. So it was known that there were lots of, of kings or very important people whose armor, when they rode into battle or they were going into battle, their armor would have diamonds in it, or their shields would have diamonds in it as well, because they believed it would then give them some some additional strength and powers. I read that some people would
0: eat them. Uh like as if they were poor because they were, you know, because of this indestructible nature of a diamond, it was thought that oh, if I consume them, that might make me better. Like,
1: oh, imagine that though. Yeah, that's mad. So they they actually thought it had healing powers as well. So going moving into yeah. the Middle Ages then, they thought that if they if they ate them or you know, it could actually heal them. So by placing diamonds on you, it might relieve different ailments that you have. And at this point, so we're, if we say about the 1400s, so there's quite a bit of diamond mining that's going on in India at this point, And there's a whole load of them being sold to, to Europe that mm-hmm. started happening. Then that's, you know, when, when trade started to, to open up really, which we've spoken about before, you know, with boats and what have you. So, so yeah, 1400s is big, big mining from India and then India diamond supply declined, and Brazil then started to take over as the place to be.
0: Yeah, they found some in Brazil in about the early seventeen hundreds, um, but there wasn't enough to meet the world's demand. So, although like India's dried up, Brazil started, but then Brazil's dried up as well, and then there's sort of like a barren period of, you know, like a hundred years or so where there's very little diamond mining happening and and then in the 18 maybe 1870s 1871 sort of time they started that's when the, the diamonds were found in Africa and as we've said obviously there's now eight or nine countries in Africa with diamonds so it sort of just it, it basically blew up then didn't it yeah
1: it was a that's massive it was huge, to, huge huge diamond reserve was found in South Africa and yeah they've they've got a um a history which sh- which we'll come on to about diamonds and some of the companies that have come out of that. so yeah, so diamonds they're mined you know all over the world the the biggest consumer of them I was reading is America. so they they have about forty yeah. percent of all of the uh decorative you know what what you wear into sort of, in sort of diamonds as well. so that there's there's a big market out there. But the way that they get them out of the ground has had to change over the years as well. So it used to be very, very manual. Nowadays it's got high tech, like everything it has, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, although they still have to use dynamite, they still got to blow it all up. So I was watching <laughs> a video of a mine in, I think it was Botswana, and it was like talking you through the process of how they get basically how to get the diamonds out of the ground. So they'll they'll run tests on the ground and they'll use technology nowadays and they'll know this this ground is is I don't know rich in diamonds so they blow up the ground so they break the ground up they then take massive chunks of this rock and this carbon you know the the rock that's laced with carbon they basically just keep crushing it down until they're left with tiny little bits of rock then they mix it with like a water like a slurry so it becomes like a paste almost and all of the diamonds that have not been crushed because they cannot be crushed they all sink to the bottom and then they basically they filter out all of these like these bits, all these gems that have sunk to the bottom. And from there, they just they take out the diamonds. Essentially, is what they do. And it's it's very intensive. It requires tons and tons of like of labor hours to get all this rock out the ground. But yeah, that's essentially what they do.
1: I reckon you might have been thinking about this when you just said about tons and tons of uh, of effort to get out the ra- out of the ground. They actually say it takes roughly two hundred and fifty tons of earth. A mine just to get per carat of diamond, so it's enormous. Wow! So much. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty tons per carat of diamond.
0: And these, you know, watch it. These these dump trucks that they're using are like industrial sized dump trucks. They're the ones with the wheels that are like the size of a house. Yeah. You know that sort of thing. And they just they take them all away. The and and the mines are in not they're hundreds and hundreds of meters deep, and they're just massive circles. Have seen them yeah. where they're yeah. just digging further and further down and they're digging wider and wider and wider? It looks like a crater as um, it
1: looks like a meteor has hit the ground and just made a massive <laughs> yes. dent, Yeah, it, it, it does. And even um, even crazier about all of that effort is that only about 30% of diamonds mined around the world are then of gem quality. So you still, you know, you hope find all of these potential diamond, and then yeah. how much of them can actually be turned into um. Rings or jewelry, or can be of gem quality, whereas the rest of it, as we've said, will go off to industrial uses.
0: Yeah, drill bits, saw bits, things like that, because it is really strong, and that's what it will be used for. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, it's not going to get polished. They're not going to turn it into anything fancy. They're just going to use it for something else.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's partly because of all this effort that needs to go into it, is why they're expensive. But people put a lot of perceived value on them as well, don't they? And they're there's some mind-blowing prices of diamonds that have gone on over the years. Absolutely nuts.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, the rarity of the fact that it's hard to come by and that they're all slightly different, but they're all unique, makes them really expensive. So the, do you read about the biggest diamond that was ever found, for example? Uh, yeah. Was that the, the Cullion diamond? Yeah. and And then it was... So it was we'll talk about what it what it this means in a minute because we've said it already once. This was over three thousand carats. It was about ten centimeters by say seven centimeters. Now that's not very big if you like put your fingers up.
1: What are we talking? Like a fist? Size of a fist, do you reckon? Yeah,
0: I reckon. But you're like, that's the biggest one ever. Surely there'd be a bigger one than that. (laughs) But then it got broken down. It then got broken down into like nine really fancy diamonds, didn't it? Nine, it got broken and cut into nine proper diamonds and about like 97 really other, other ones. And stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. They, and they ended up somewhere fancy, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They ended up in the um, on display in the Tower of London as part of the Crown Jewels. So they were discovered, discovered in 1905 and the person who, who found them um, apparently gave them as a gift. South African le- leaders gave them as a gift to King Edward at the time. But yeah, that's, that's incredible. As you say, that is the largest one ever found. And it's approximately about the size of your fist.
0: Yeah. And, and one of those nine diamonds, they all got named Cullinan one, Cullinan two, Cullinan three, and so on. One of those main nine diamonds is now, uh, yeah, like you said, it's in the crown jewels, isn't it? $400
1: million. That is an expensive one. There's one more, which doesn't, actually have a value that's considered to be more expensive than that one called the Coninor, which okay, that is that is marked as priceless in terms of diamonds. So they, they can't even put a price on it, but it's more than the um, the 400 million of the Coninor. And that's wow. priceless, mainly due to it, the brilliantness and the uniqueness and the, the sparkle that, that comes out of it. Um, and Conan means mountain of light. So when it was discovered, apparently the person who discovered it said that it looked like a mountain of light and it was given from India to, to Britain. Um, there was a little bit of controversy about India trying to get it back at some point, but yeah, India gave it to Britain. And so, yeah, that's so, a priceless diamond.
0: That leads us on real nicely as to why some are more expensive than others. I think we've said a couple of times about how they're cut. We mentioned carrots. We mentioned color. And I said it at the start, they're the things I thought that's what makes diamonds expensive. We have both researched this. Do we want to just mention like what this means, what, what each one represents? Um, there's, we could go into it really in lots of detail, but let's let's try and keep it relatively short, shall we? OK,
1: yeah, OK. Um, so the, the, the four C's. So it's yeah, th- this is good to know straight off about the cut. So I was reading about how the cut is often confused with the shape. Like the shape yeah, okay. refers to the outline of what the diamond is. So the cut is, it's different. It's the way that it's, as it says that it's actually been cut, that it allows it to then sparkle and give it its, its individual look and feel. So it's, it's not yeah. the the shape of it. It's how it's been cut is the important difference. Yeah.
0: And it's proportions. And, you know, you imagine it's got all the lines to it and that they're all at perfect angles and stuff. And, the, the way a diamond cuts affects how sparkly it is that's really important it affects how the light travels through the diamond and comes out the other side and modern diamond cutters know all about this and how light refracts as it goes through angles and things yeah so a perfectly cut diamond will be the really really sparkly one way sparklier than any of the others
1: and the the top of the diamond if you look at it Either from the top or like from from side on, that top part of the diamond is called the table. And yeah. what all of the, the the skilled diamond cutters are trying to do is they're trying to, as you said, in trying to ensure maximum light is going into the diamond and coming out of the table. So coming out of the, the flat wow. bit at the top. Yeah. And by cleverly cutting it, they can then make sure that more light is going in, and the the light is refracted and comes out and makes it look even more dramatic and sparkly.
0: Yep. They've got names to cuts, how good they are. They've got a fair cut, a good cut, a very good cut, an ideal cut, but better than that, a super ideal cut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They ran out of words there, didn't they? They couldn't think of, (laughs) what's better than ideal? Mm, Let's go super ideal.
0: A super ideal diamond cut includes only gems with the most desirable dimensions and appropriate proportions that ignite the brilliance, dispersion, and scintillation within.
1: Ooh, that's from a, nice! From a diamond
0: website that I was reading. That's that's pretty cool, isn't it? So that's cut. Um, colour. I think
1: color's probably obvious, but do we want to just say what the colour is? The colour is is more down to literally what it says that they how how white it is or how transparent it is what you can have you can have some unusual colored diamonds where they can have some yellows or browns or grays within them but pretty much what you're looking for is a diamond to be sort of like icy white and for it to be super super transparent and not really have any of the um, other colors in them
0: yeah but um you know when talking about value value and we'll just get on to it it is subjective some people might like you know that sort of yellowy hue to a diamond and then they might put value on that less so than the cut and it might be that actually i want a yellowy diamond so i'm gonna i'm gonna maybe take a hit on the cut i'm gonna get a slightly less well cut diamond because i want the yellowy cut of the yellowy diamond you know so but yeah, yeah. color yeah, is that does make sense. I sense exactly that color
1: I found it quite interesting looking into this week about the coloring system and what letter it starts on. Did you read about this? Yeah. Then it starts on D. like Because they used to have A, B, C and then they redid it or something and they had to go to, (laughs) they just started on D. So yeah, that's exactly what happened. So the the highest grade color now is a D and it ranges then all the way down to Z. And the reason for this was they they had they had to standardize what was happening so all across the world there were different gradings to colors and they weren't able to properly compare them or to then value them in the same way and so there was a um a grading system which they put in place and because they were already using a's double a's triple a's or b's double b triple b's as the grading system before they thought well this would start confusing people if we use a b and c when we're now moving to this this new system so i thought well let's just get rid of a b and c then start on d there you go
0: (laughs) so the next one is clarity on my list if we're going to go through the four so so clarity refers to like how clean it is when you look at it does it have any blemishes or imperfections within the diamond itself so not so much cut which is to do with how the light hits it but but if you put your eye to it and look really closely at it does it have any particular blemishes at all
1: this is where you then might have heard that um you can get flawless diamonds so yes, on yes. the scale of them flawless is the the top one so that means that there's um it has not got something called any inclusions in it so inclusions yeah. are the way that it's been formed and put together there might be some of the i know little dots or little clouding yeah. or graining or what they call a feather. so it's it's like tiny fractures inside the diamond that if you if you look at look at it under a microscope, you can just tell there's some sort of internal blemishes that are on there. yeah and they they will then add to clouding and then make it not sparkle as much. So that is yeah. the the clarity. So it ranges from from flawless, internally flawless, very very slightly included. Very slightly included and slightly included.
0: Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, so that is so clarity is to do with like the the cleanness of it if you look at it. And then the one probably everybody's heard of is a carrot. Yes. But how is it spelled? C A R A T. Used to be K A R A T, by the way, but they're now interchangeable uh, between the two. Um,
1: But it's not, as you said at the start, it's got nothing to do with carrots, the vegetable.
0: Now, carrot with a K used to, uh, applies to gold. Carrot applies, Carrot with a C applies to precious gemstones, but they're now interchangeable pretty much.
1: Yeah, but I'm yeah, sure.
0: a carrot is to do with the weight of the diamond and a carat equals 0.2 grams.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it, it was only introduced, sure it, it was introduced 120 years ago, nearly. So 1907, that was when they standardized the the unit of weight for them. And before that, again, it sort of varied between different countries and their standards, depending on where you were in the world. But so just say that. How much is it again, Liam? 0.2 grams is one carat. And why on earth have they ended up standardizing on 0.2 grams? This is mental. They used to use when they used to weigh them. They used to use something called a they used
0: seeds from a plant called a carob. C A R O B, a carob seed. The reason being, carobs were apparently uniform in
1: weight and size. <laughs> carob seeds, that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same when I was looking into it this week. Really? Carob seeds are identical, are they? All the same.
0: Yeah, so they used to use those and they'd, you know, they'd use them as a set of scales. Everybody would use carob seeds because then everybody knows they're all standard. They'd weigh their diamonds against carob seeds and then the carob becomes carrot. But I think it's because the carob seed comes from a plant, which I think in Greek is the ke- keratin, or keratian, as in C-E-R-A-T, which is like the word carrot, but carrot. So I think okay. that might be where carob became carrot.
1: When you're talking about the carrot of, of a gemstone, so carrot doesn't just apply to diamonds, it applies to other gemstones as well. They sort of standardized it. But... Yeah, so carrot doesn't necessarily mean the size of the gemstone means it's got a higher carrot, does it?
0: No, no, which not necessarily can be confusing.
1: Good. Yeah, I mean generally
0: it will, but it, it depends on the density of the gemstone. So you know some things are can be bigger, but you know if they, you know if I have, I don't know a handful of feathers and a handful of brick in my hand, I've got the same amount, but the feathers obviously weighs less because they are less dense. Um, so some gemstones might have less density to them. But generally speaking, particularly if you're talking about diamonds, a bigger diamond is very likely going to have more carrots in it. than Yeah, a
1: yeah, bird. yeah, exactly. Yep, definitely. So yeah, it's not, so not, just to do with, not just to do with size. It's the actual them weight of it as well. It's not always uh, linked together.
0: Yeah, so the four Cs, cut, colour, clarity and carrot. There are not three Cs, there are four
1: and interestingly, you can read around if one's more important than the other, but it's a little bit subjective, isn't it? Depends, yeah, it depends. what is it you're looking for. Yeah. What's your budget?
0: What do you want? You know, what is it that you think is more important? Did, d- does your wife want a massive diamond on her ring or does she want a super sparkly one? Because you could get a massive diamond with, you know, a poorer cut and maybe perhaps poorer clarity, yeah, you know it's it's got some imperfections to it it doesn't reflect the light quite as nicely but it's massive or you get a smaller one that is absolutely the sparkliest thing you've ever seen and is perfect to look at but yeah isn't as heavy it doesn't cost as much you know that sort of thing
1: one of the things about it is how important the cut can be and the cut can actually yeah. then hide some of the other imperfections and so if you get a rough diamond What they then do nowadays is again, this has got super high tech, is they'll they'll take a rough diamond, which you know could be, you know, sort of like the size of your thumb. And then what they'll do is they'll they'll image it through some software, and then they'll then work out what is the the most economical cut they can get from that thumb size rough diamond, and what should we then be turning it into? It can then work out where some of these inclusions are, some of these blemishes are. And if you cut those and polish and grind those off then it obviously won't be part of the stone so it would then be more valuable by cutting it in a certain way into a certain shape which is yeah super clever
0: yeah i saw one where they was
1: they they cut it they cut a
0: a piece of diamond into 37 other diamonds they cut it down into like you're saying they lose you lose imperfections by doing so because you're like well that will get lost in a cut if i cut that piece off there that won't be included and actually it's better to have five really big diamonds four really little ones, a bunch of tiny little ones for earrings, you know, that sort of thing. You get more money out of it.
1: Yeah. Rather than just one massive one with a whole load of imperfections in the middle of it, it wouldn't be worth as much, which is yeah. Funny way to look at it.
0: Right. That's what, how they get expensive, but I got, this is really interested me this week. Why do we have to get diamonds? For, why are diamond rings the thing for getting, do you know what I mean? That's, I looked into that. I was like, well, why, why is it a diamond ring? And this is proper cool.
1: (laughs) Well, it dates back. We probably need to to blame somebody called Archduke Maximilian of Austria. So it it dates back. He was the first known person to give a diamond engagement ring. And that was all the way back in 1477. Um, So, yeah. So he gave it to someone called Mary of Burgundy, a gold ring with an M spout out in diamonds. and He's the first person to do it, apparently
0: yeah but then someone else really kicked it off, though, in the 19 uh 40s or so. So we said earlier that diamonds were found in Africa in about the like the um 1800 about 1870, didn't we? Yes, and we were talking about how um there were lots of diamond mines sprung up. The problem there, what happened was because they all sprung up, the value of diamonds fell. Because there was so many, you know, supply and demand, all of these rich sort of kings and queens and noblemen would wear diamonds, like we were saying, because it represented wealth and power and strength and so on. But when all these diamond mines opened up, that that was not the case, because suddenly everybody could get one. So they stopped wearing them. So a guy called Cecile John Rhodes in 1880 formed a company you might have heard of called De Beers. Yes. And what he realized was... He could buy up all of these diamond mines and therefore control the flow of diamonds. Because if he owned them all, he can just only, you know, suddenly they're, they're not going to flood the market. So he could control the diamonds and therefore raise their value. So he started doing this and uh, it worked, obviously. He's now got all of these diamond mines, and he, he but now obviously he only releases them to the market when he wants to, which means the value stays high because supply and demand, there's, there's not enough supply, but there is because he's got them all locked up in a vault somewhere. Then the depression hit and the wars happening in like the 1940s so he had to come up with a marketing plan didn't he This is clever this is super And clever. It, it like changed the 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 rules of marketing almost on his own They basically created the saying diamonds are forever didn't they
1: Yeah yeah they did and they they took the whole idea about Diamond being something that's super durable. It was long lasting. It's of high quality and synonymous with strength and eternity. And they said that if you're going to marry someone, you should give them this symbol of strength and eternity. And that's where the idea took off about buying engagement rings for people. Yeah, And they had all these, all these, um,
0: um, promotional campaigns with it and you know, talking about diamonds being a woman's best friend and they last forever. One of them was something like, your relationship might not last, but a diamond will last forever. <laughs> and it became like, like, you have to buy it. He was selling the idea of giving a diamond as an engagement gift. Uh, yeah, if you didn't it,
1: buy a diamond, then your commitment wasn't strong enough. That's what they were sort of going down that angle, saying that... If a man, you know, has enough commitment, he'll buy you something that will last forever.
0: He, and, and they were the ones who coined the whole, you've got to spend a month's salary on a wedding ring. And then they changed it to two month's salary. Eventually, uh, they, they said one, some, some of their slogans, uh, a woman loves nothing more than her diamonds. They do last forever. What's another <laughs> one? Marry me sounds much, so much better than just Merry Christmas yeah like yeah 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 they, they totally created just through this marketing thing they created the idea and then that idea was just stuck do you either went into japan and when they went into japan advertising in 1967 five percent of engaged japanese women got a diamond ring 14 years later 60 percent of japanese
1: women yeah. getting engagement. like they changed everything it's incredible just making it the the standard de facto standard in society is that's what happens but the, the numbers of the company then reflected that as well didn't they so it grew from 23 million in revenue to about what was it 2.1 billion 2.1. within how much space yeah. of time Like 30 years or
0: four years it's crazy absolutely crazy like they are the reason an advertising campaign is the reason why i had to buy my wife a wedding ring not because I'd seen the advertising campaign, but society as a whole has just picked this up. <laughs> not
1: because you're right? It. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, so yeah, the, the beers, the beers, has made it the de facto standard that society then go along with this, and everyone does. Yeah, they're not so. Um, you know, they they
0: had a monopoly on the market for a very long time. But like we were saying, as these other market, as these other diamond mines have sprung up in Australia and Brazil and. Canada and things—it's not the case anymore, but it certainly was for a very long time.
1: I was reading about um, how how De Beers were referred to as a cartel for many years, um exactly yeah. because of that. But maybe what you could do nowadays instead of going and getting yourself uh, a De Beers ring, why don't you just get a man-made one? Why don't you just yeah go down your local lab and get one that's been made for you? Yeah, they can. So they can do that now. They
0: basically they they can do the same thing. They they take. I think they call it a seed of diamond and a seed of carbon. I have got no idea what that means, but they can basically replicate temperature and pressure like they can underground, and they can form diamonds in a lab. These diamonds are identical chemically,
1: physically. You know everything about them is identical to the ones you'd find underground. Yeah, incredible. It's you know not quite as simple as like. Growing flowers in a greenhouse, but you know, very similar to that. They've just been grown in a lab, chemically and physically identical to a diamond that's been mined. That's taken three billion years to produce. It's it's unbelievable. They're also
0: cheaper, aren't they? They're about cheaper, seventy-five percent cheaper. But I did read somewhere saying that they're not going to be cheaper forever because as as this catches on, because at the minute they at the minute they only account for about one percent of sales of diamonds. Yep. So they're not a big deal at the minute, but eventually when they catch on, they're going to get more expensive because they are actually rarer than diamonds because there's not so many being made. It's like supply and demand again, isn't it? Like
1: they've yeah. got enough
0: of them at the minute. I mean, and they have got enough, but they won't have.
1: You, you sometimes see some funny videos online of where people are wandering around in their diamonds and then somebody will go up and use a diamond tester, diamond checker on them to actually say, you know, is, yeah. Yeah. is, this, is this person, is this a music artist, are they real diamonds? Like, and does it be, yep. does it say they're fake? These ones, the lab grown diamonds would hold up because I know we've said it already, but they're identical chemically and physically to, yeah. to naturally source diamonds. Um, yeah, but it's so, so much cheaper. That'll bring
0: us on nicely. They're also like ethically better, aren't they? They're, um, you know, it's, it's horrifically inefficient, uh, no, that's probably not the word. It's horrifically bad for the environment, mining, the way they mine and all the, the chemicals and all the transport and all the you know the carbon footprint <laughs> uh for for mining. Um but as well as that, there's an issue with something called conflict diamonds, isn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah, m- massively. And just the yeah, but beyond the deforestation and layer local communities that have to relocate because we're talking about z- such vast areas when i said earlier 250 tons just to get one carat of diamond it means that whole villages sometimes need to be displaced and moved elsewhere but then the labor as well they're not treated very well the people who are used in the mines and a lot of people have died or there's been a lot of suffering people haven't been paid very well over the years um for, mm-hmm. for mining of these diamonds and then because they are valuable, it can then lead to like violence breaking out as well, where gangs or people then wanting to then steal the diamonds. And it just being a really, just being a really dangerous world and and part of life to be involved in.
0: Yeah. So, so a blood diamond, also known as a conflict diamond, they are like illegally traded, aren't they? And they're used to fund conflict. They use them. I don't know. Have you seen the film Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio?
1: No, don't not seen that one. It's really
0: good, but uh, we're not here discussing films. But it's about it's it's about this, and uh, you know, and how they're used. Um, you know, they get their name because there's a lot of bloodshed re- around them, and then you know they can make their way into the, the general market of diamonds. So you're buying a diamond that has been funded through war, or or something like that. And uh, yeah, you know, there there are some checks in place. They're trying to try introduce to uh, limit that.
1: Yeah, there's there's a big push now, isn't there, and making sure that, that diamonds are, are sourced ethically, that they're conflict-free diamonds. And there's something called the Kimberley process, which is now in place where the providers of diamonds, they then have to sign up to this to say that they are treating their workers correctly and that they yeah. aren't just smashing up the environment without thinking about what they're doing.
0: Yeah, Kimberley being the place where the first diamond mine was, found in Africa. That was the name. And then they met there, although I guess the diamond community met there to sign this agreement. Um there are currently 49 participants. I think that must be 49 countries, I guess, that that are, that are part of this. Diamonds can come with a certificate of origin from an officially authorized export. So if you're buying one, perhaps look at that. But like you're saying, or have a look at a lab diamond. You're not going to know any different. No one, literally no one will know the difference. The no. no. Which is which is
1: crazy. Yeah, absolutely. That sort of like wraps up on, I think pretty much everything that I was going to talk about this week. Yeah. Have you got, yeah. have you got a little two guys, one topic takeaway for us?
0: Classic double decker bus one. Here we oh, go.
1: No, how many, how many times around the sun are we talking?
0: No, it goes like this. Diamonds are pretty rare, right? If you took every diamond that has ever been polished and cut to be a proper piece of jewelry. Yeah. Yeah you know like so i know we're saying 80 percent of diamonds or something like that are used industrially we're not talking about those diamonds i'm talking about the ones that have actually been turned into jewelry or you know like you said fancy diamonds yep how many double decker buses would you fill with all of those diamonds that have ever been mined it's got to be a few got to
1: be loads loads of double decker buses that get filled up
0: one double decker bus just the one we've gone the (laughs) other way this week it's only one only one bus if you took every diamond that's ever been forced i was like that doesn't sound like much and then you think how big a double decker bus is and then you think how many diamonds would fit in that that's still quite a lot of diamonds
1: but yeah (laughs) only one double decker bus apparently (laughs) nice i'll tell you my two guys one topic takeaway which has some sort of similarities to what you're saying um, in terms of size and what, what would be filled. So scientists, they've discovered a planet that they de- believe is comprised mostly of carbon, and it's actually one-third of it is pure diamond. So they discovered it in 2004. It's within the Milky Way, and it's it's got a nice snappy name of 55 Tans e Oh, this rolls right off the tongue.
0: So if, if that planet... Well, it's a planet, so it wouldn't get it. But if it ended up here somewhere, the, it would tank the uh, diamond market, wouldn't it? It would oh, be in trouble
1: massively. And they reckon they've discovered a star that is essentially a diamond with a billion trillion carats in it.
0: Not many of them, <laughs> which is only 0.2 grams per carat,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they do—they do exist there out in the uh, out in the universe. Some enormous, enormous diamonds. So diamonds, then. Good episode, right? So
0: first of all, I only buy diamonds because of an advertising campaign because they told me I should and everybody fell for it. Like, now I've got to buy diamonds. But also there's four Cs, cut, clarity, colour, and
1: carrot. Exactly. they the two things I'm going to remember the most, I think. Exactly. I, uh, I like the idea around the whole why the colour starts from the letter D, which just seems so random to <laughs> me. Um, so that, that's definitely going to stick in my mind, as well as that... They take billions of years to form and, um, yeah, 100 miles below the the Earth's surface.
0: And if you're in a supermarket, get yourself some carobs or the seeds of a carob and see if they're all the same for us and let us know, because I can't believe they're all the same. We're not having that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. We'd love to hear your thoughts on diamonds. Um, Hopefully this has been useful if you're in the market for buying a diamond, need to know about all those four Cs. If you've got any questions, want to ask us anything, get in contact at TwoGuysOneTopic on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And we'll be back with you next Tuesday. But until then, get out there and share some sparkly diamond
0: knowledge.